right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Full Seam Ahead. We are coming off of a series win versus the right the White Sox. Uh, it definitely had some highs and some lows uh, this weekend series, uh, but ended on a high note with a win Sunday night. And we are coming upon possibly the greatest, or not possibly, the greatest, toughest stretch of the schedule for the Astros. We have two games at home versus the Mets this week, and we are on the road taking on the Yankees and the Mets again. It is a big nine-game series coming up for the Astros, and we're getting started. So we're going to get you your preview. We've also got your Astros roundup and around the league as usual. And Lorenzo, in general, how are we feeling about this series versus the White Sox? Oh, it felt good. It just brought vibes again for that ALDS in 2021. Um, back-to-back series wins. That's what we really needed. And um, to do it against these White Sox, as always, talk some shit, you know, from especially from that broadcast team over there that want to be bringing out the trash cans and buzzer little reviews and all that crap, you know. Yeah. How about you sit down kind of shut up for a second because your team hasn't done nothing in the playoffs yet. Yeah, it, it was nice giving it that way. I know on, on Sunday, they uh, the NBC – Sports net, the you know, the White Sox, but they literally didn't tweet all day. The White Sox got beat and they just did not tweet after talking yeah. shit all day, all day Saturday. Um, but got started on Friday night with a bang 13 to 3 win. The offense was clicking. Uh, we've we've talked plenty about this team's inability to score with runners in scoring position and you know, converting those base runners into runs, but they did it. They did it Friday night going four for seven with runners in scoring position. They only left three men on base all night long. Um, so that was a pretty solid offensive game, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was outstanding. I, I was at the game Friday night, you know, Friday night fireworks, um, you know, the draft specials and the Michelob Ultra Club, all that. Oh, we were feeling great on Friday night. And the boys were just hitting bombs everywhere. Two yeah, through six, you know, two through six from the lineup was on fire. Uh, Brantley went two for five with a grand salami. Yes, he did, RBIs. Uncle Mike. Yes, he did. No one had would have thought he would hit a grand slam either. So, I mean, Uncle Mike, it was good to see that. Uh, Briggs, he started it off really for that, uh, for the game, going one for three with a home run, two RBIs, two walks. So, um, I think he's seeing the ball a little bit better as well throughout yeah. the series. Uh, well, yeah, that's Alvarez. always been. His play discipline, you know, that's the one thing oh, that you can, him, you can count on. Dude, him and Bradley at the two and three. I mean, yeah, we don't we don't like how he's, you know, offensively hitting the ball, you know, with the 212 or 213 batting average, whatever he has right now. But the play discipline this man puts at the play is just, you know, fantastic. But yeah. uh, Jordan going two for four with the home run. Tucker two for four with the home run, a double. And then Guriel three for three, two RBIs. So, uh, yeah, the offense was clicking that night, dude. Two through six. And a home lineup. run. Oh, yeah. Home run for Yuli as well. I mean, dude, you I kid you not. You heard the cannon. You saw the train moving. You heard uh, you dropped a bomb on me by the Gap Band playing. I mean, it was <laughs> everything was just clicking for the boys, man. And, you know, it was good to see that on Friday night. Yeah. And Friday night, I was feeling really good. Those of you who, you know, have been listening to the show, I've been saying for a long time that, uh, it was going to be after the finals that the juice balls arrived and that that was when we were going to see offense are both the Astros and across the league. And really, I, I still feel pretty solid about that. Um, I think if you look, you know, we'll talk about this around the league. We've seen a lot of home runs this weekend 
Um, I haven't really seen any stats as far as how it compares over another three-day stretch, but I'd be willing to bet that it, it's it's high um, this season. But it, the Astros were looking great. That was what we've been wanting to see, what we've been needing to see. I believe that ties our most runs in a game this season, I, I think. Um, it's, not, um, it's pretty close. Yeah, I think I think it is because Boston – I can't remember which scored in Boston. I know that set game two versus the Angels, we scored 13. I don't remember how many ended up being scored against Boston. Probably eh, that may have been like 15. Point being, it was a lot of runs Friday night. And a lot of home runs too, dude. I mean, a lot five, of home runs. Five of the nine players in that lineup had hit home runs. Yeah. I mean, that's so crazy. I wish Altuve could have gotten in that, gotten out on that party. Um, but still, you can't complain about five home runs in one night from, from, your, from your boys. Um Framber had a good game as well. Six innings pitched, eight hits, three earned runs, seven strikeouts, dropped his ERA to two, seven, eight. Um, not a, you know, an amazing start. Still gave up eight hits, but that's Framber. That's what you expect from him. He only allowed three to turn into runs. So take what you can get, right? Yeah, he gets the confidence going as well for him. Yeah. Uh, last outing against Miami, he had a, you know, not the best start. He had a shaky start. Uh, defense wasn't helping him. So, no. I mean, it was a good bounce back game for this guy to come out and get his confidence going again. Absolutely. So after that, that offensive slugfest Friday night, we move into game two and the offense again, we, we taught, it's funny. We talked about this last week on our, on our series preview where this team scores a lot of runs and then they scored none, literally none. We lost game two, seven to zip. I believe the Astros had two hits um the whole night or at one point did so i mean it was just a complete disaster uh, of an offensive performance for the astros and on the other side of the ball was not much better justin verlander had a very rough outing uh, he only got through three and two thirds gave up nine hits seven runs four of them earned and only collected three strikeouts is there yeah. is there a reason to be concerned about jv do you think because that's now three of his last four starts i mean that's that's two of his last four starts, yeah, that have been a little bit of rough outings. I wouldn't be so saying concern. JV's a veteran, and, um, you know, of course, it's just going to go one of these outings. And um, I think he would have thought the offense would have helped. Yeah. Um, you know, another thing, too, half his pitches were fastballs, dude. And, and I hadn't heard on the radio, it said White only – Two times the White Sox players had a whiffed on his fastball. So, yeah. I mean, they were. I was at the game too, and they were just hitting that ball to the right side all day, right center gap, um, right field. I mean, you just got to tip your cap to the, you know, to the White Sox players because they were just teeing off on them and can't do nothing about it, especially when your offense doesn't produce the way that it did the, you know, the night before. Um, old ass Johnny Cueto was just making our offense just look so silly, dude. I mean, seven yeah, innings pitched, only gave up two hits, two walks, and five strikeouts. And that was the last episode, too, we had talked about was let's not give him his first win. And then next thing you know, he gets his first win of the season against us. So, um, yeah, I mean, offense wasn't there. Like you said, only Altuve had two hits and Bregman had one hit. So as a team, they only combined to have three hits. And only three players had reached base either from a walk or a hit, and Maldi was the one that had a walk. So, I mean, that game was so, you know, sticky and icky. It was just so bad. Yeah, and, you know, like we've said before, I think that's just kind of we have to accept right now that that's kind of who this team is. 
Um, but they tend to bounce back. They tend to bounce back, and they did on Sunday with a 4-3 win. The offense looked decent. Everybody won through four in the lineup. Everybody got a hit. Uh, Tucker had an RBI. Tucker almost had a deep home run to center field. Uh, I think I saw on the Would It Dong Twitter that it would have been a home run uh, in, I think, eight ballparks, but it was not. It was, it was a fly out in minute mid. We saw Castro. Yeah. Castro got a hit. Buy your Finally. lottery tickets. <laughs> I know. Yeah. We've been wanting to get from like a hit from him from some yeah. time from somehow now. And finally he gets us a hit. At least, you know, he could bring us something all of a sudden. Yeah. And uh, we saw Mauricio Dubon go two for two, two RBIs and a walk, including a pretty solid Jack to the Crawford boxes. Uh, and he, he just, I don't care if that was only a home run in four ballparks, whatever. He pissed on that thing. He he absolutely smoked it. Yep, Mauricio Dubon fan club over here, baby. I, I love this guy. <laughs> I thought he was a good pickup as soon as uh, Click traded, uh, you know, yeah, for him. So, yeah, Dubon, I'm just excited. He's going to have a lot of opportunities, too, if Diaz is going to be, you know, hopefully he's not on the I.O., but, um, yeah, I mean, I'm ready for Dubon. I mean, we've heard good things, too, from – the people over there at San Francisco about him. So hopefully he just continued his offensive strength over here to Houston. Yeah, for sure. And I think with him getting, you know, regular playing time right now with uh, Pena's injury and Diaz's injury, uh, which we'll talk a little bit more about in a little bit. Um, hopefully we'll see a little bit more of, of, of his potential um, at the plate. But the big story of the night was the other home run. J.J. Matajevic getting that call up as a result, also as a result of all these injuries going yard for his first major league hit. He went uh, – it was his only hit on the night. It was only hit in his MLB career. But he <laughs> hit a bomb to the Crawford boxes. And that pretty much dominated the rest of the ESPN broadcast. That's all, literally all they talked about for the next seven innings. Yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about it later with the whole uh, negotiation with that fan. But, yeah, finally we get to see J.J., you know, bring his power from AAA to the big leagues. And I would have not thought it would have been an offensive – field home run either i thought he would have pulled the ball but that was great hitting it was a outside pitch and he took it the other way and yeah it was fine it was good to see him get that first big league hit and you know for it to be a home run on father's day as well that's yeah. things you love to see yeah absolutely uh so the astros are able to come out with a two to one series victory which is definitely definitely a good thing to see the white Sox are not a bad team they're they're gonna hang around in that al central which, after I've been slandering the AL Central, um, it's turning into a bit of a race. The uh, Guardians are only one game back on the Twins now, but anyway. Uh, so, yeah, overall, solid series. Series wins a series win. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we needed to get that series, too, as well. Going against the foes that we had placed in 2021 ALDS with all the, you know, the slander and all the BS that they were coming at us yeah. with. Um you know, we dominated Lucas Giolito that we needed to do and show them that we're still that good team. We knocked out Kopech, even though he left in the first inning of that game or something like that with knee discomfort again. So, I mean, overall, the boys' offense was good. Offense was great, even though that second game we laid a fat goose egg. But, yeah, the boys did an outstanding job, and hopefully they could continue that offensive production against the New York Mets. Yeah, absolutely. So that, that is our next series on deck. The Astros are off today on Monday and welcome the Mets to town for a two-game series. Uh, first game Tuesday night at 7 o'clock, second game Wednesday at 1.10 p.m. 
we are entering, I mentioned this at the start, this is a huge nine-game series. I, I think there's been a lot of, obviously, like back and forth of, is this team good? Is this team bad? Who are we? What's our identity? And I, I, we're about to find out. We're, we're, we're about to find out, plain and simple. Um, coming into this series, the Astros are 8-7 and seven against teams that are over 500. We've only played winning teams 15 times, and we're barely 500 against them. So playing these two teams, a total of nine games, is going to be huge in telling us uh, who this Astros team is and kind of really setting our expectations. Because, I mean, really, what do you think? Like, is there really an expectation set for this club this year right now? Like, I, I, I feel like we just don't have an identity yet. I really wouldn't even say so either because we haven't been playing any plus 500 teams. Right. You, you would think the right, white, not white Sox, but the Red Sox, you know, earlier in the season, you thought the Seattle Mariners as well. Uh, we thought the White Sox were going to be good too because of all the talent they had from last year. But everybody's been dealing with injuries, uh, slumps, you know, all them things. And, you know, even including our team as well. We'll talk about later on, sure. you know, on Astros Roundup, we, we have the injury bug as well. So, and the Mets, too. The Mets coming into town, they're, you know, the beginning of the year, their pitching was stacked. You had Jacob deGrom, you had Max Scherzer, uh, Tyler McGill, Carlos Carrasco, um, Taiwan Walker. Um, yeah, their starting rotation was, you know, really stacked. But now you got Scherzer on the I.O., you got deGrom on the I.O., you got Tyler McGill on the I.O. So they only really got two starters from that rotation. Yeah. So really, like you said, it's going to be to see where this team is at. We haven't played a really good 500 team. The Mets are the second best team, or no, no, I think the first in the in, uh, National League. And, um, you know, I think that's a great test for us as well. We need to see where we're at. We need to see, you know, for especially for Click to see what moves he's going to have to make at the trade deadline. And, um, you know, going against the first, you know, number one team in the National League and then in the American League as well, it's going to really test us and show us who we are. Yeah, it, it most definitely will. And uh, so starting off game one Tuesday night against against the Mets, the Mets have not named a starter. Uh, obviously, like Lorenzo mentioned, they've got a lot of injuries going on in their camp right now. Um, so we'll have to see. Hopefully today we'll get a little clarity on, on who's going to be on the opposite side. Uh, but it'll be Jose Urquidy on the mound coming off of a decent start. Uh, six innings pitched, five hits, three earned runs, and four strikeouts up in Arlington. Uh, last week, at home on the season, Urquidy has been strong. He's one and one with a two point seven eight ERA, and I think for this Tuesday night game especially, it's going to be very important that the offense continues to give him run support. We've mentioned that before that for some reason Urquidy starts tend to get the majority of the offensive production, and that, that's going to be pretty critical on on Tuesday night. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Um... Yeah, I mean, Kitty has to show. He has, and That's basically the start of that stretch, and he has to show and start on a good note, pitching a great game against these guys. You know, that yeah. he's going to go against Francisco Lindor, which is probably one of the best shortstops in the National League. Starting Marte, we saw him in Oakland and uh, Miami, what he could do. Pete Alonso, I mean, um, I forgot the center fielder's name, McGill. Not McGill, McNeil. Brandon, no, no. Yeah, and Brandon Nimmo as well. So, 
I mean, these guys are hitting almost – they're either 280 or 300 hitters. So Well, and, I mean, at second base, Jeff uh, Jeff McNeil's hitting 326. Jeff I mean, McNeil, he, that's what I was trying to figure out. <laughs> he, he's nothing to, to um, sniff at either. This is a lineup that's dangerous. I mean, there's a reason why – I mean, Scherzer's been hurt for a month, and DeGrom has been hurt even longer. So, I mean, th- there's a reason this team is where they are. Um, they've got J.D. Davis, actually, in the, in the DH spot. Um so it's it's going to be interesting. It's going to be an interesting series, and it's going to be very important for Urquidy to have a strong start, and, and very important for the offense to back him up um, on Tuesday night. On Wednesday afternoon, it is Stranger Things Day uh, at Minute Maid Park, and it'll be Luis Garcia on the mound. Uh, he's four and five with three point four one ERA, coming off of a immaculate start against Texas. Nice. <laughs> Uh, in which he went six innings pitched, four hits, one earned run with nine strikeouts, plus that immaculate inning, that record-setting, or part of the record-setting combo with Phil Maton. Uh, Mets have, not, again, not named a starter, but it's probably going to be Carlos Carrasco, uh, who is eight and two on the season with a 3.96 ERA. So, I mean, he, he's obviously a good starter as well for the Mets. Um, what do you think about, what are you expecting to see from Garcia out of the start? I think he just needs to. Well, I just think he just needs to continue growing from his last start. I mean, his last start, the boys put up a lot of runs for him for a change. We have never saw that. And I'm about to read the numbers in a little bit. But um, yeah, just piggybacking off that last start that he did against Texas. And obviously, you know, it's stranger, you know, it's a stranger day for the Astros, that promotion I want to say they're doing. Yeah, it's pretty strange. All right. I mean, for you know, four wins and five losses with a 3.41 ERA. This guy hasn't pitched bad at all, dude. He's really no. pitched really good. Um, you know, I'm going to read off the stats from the last six games he's pitched, and I'm giving you the run support that he has given from the Astros. May 18 at Boston, we only scored one run. May 23rd versus Cleveland at home, we only scored one run. May 29th at Seattle, two runs. June 4th at Kansas City, zero runs. Then this is when we start kind of seeing the runs kind of coming in. June 10 against Miami at home, four runs. And then June 15, obviously, with that big uh, first inning. And from that game on, you know, nine runs against Texas. So uh, the offense is really going to need to help him a lot. I think his confidence goes skyrocketing when he has that run support. And, um, you know, I think that's one thing that he just needs to continue, you know, doing from his last start is continuing throwing strikes having that cutter work in, that slider going as well. Um, but, yeah, Luis Garcia, he's he's not a bad pitcher. It's just offensive production needs to be there, and hopefully we could take a, a serious win in that against the New York Mets. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, the, the, getting these two games I think is really important because in this nine-game stretch, these are the only two we play at home. We're going on the road to Yankee Stadium, to City Field, Um to, to play the rest of these games. So getting, getting these two at home is going to be, is going to be big, very important. Um, so jumping on, jumping on the ball early, I think from the offense can be really critical. And hopefully we see more of this past Friday's game versus this past Saturday's game from the offense. Uh, but I definitely think it's very possible that we walk out of here, taking two of these games or at least splitting them um, and should give us a little bit of confidence going into the road trip. Yeah, that's what we need to do too, as well against them. Sadly, hot Yankee, you know, 
team that's over there at the Bronx. I mean, they're killing yeah. the ball. They won the series from uh, Toronto as well. They won the series against Tampa Bay, the uh, series before Toronto. So it's bringing that confidence into the Bronx. And we all, they've played there since 17, 18. I, I mean, they've been to that jungle environment before. Yeah. They've gone through that whole you know, cheating scandal at the Bronx and all that stuff too, as well. So it, it's just getting that confidence, being able to dominate against the Mets and take it over there to um, the other side of New York. It's going to be really key for the Houston Astros. It is, it's for sure. Uh, so that is our preview for the series versus the Mets. Let's go ahead and move into our Astros roundup. And unfortunately, it does seem like a little bit of an injury bug has worked its way into uh, the Astros organization. Hopefully it's nothing serious and nothing for nothing long. Uh, it's got started off last week. We talked about it on our last episode with Jeremy Pena. He flew back to Houston before that series could begin with some sort of mysterious uh, injury to his hand. We found out that it was a thumb injury and he's been placed on the 10 day IL before Saturday's game, he was participating in baseball activities per Chandler Rome. I think that's a vague phrasing. Um, but he was not fielding. He was not swinging a bat. So we're probably not going to see him. He's not expected to swing a bat for at least a week. And so hopefully we can see him. I, I, I would expect we'll see Pena back in the lineup uh, by, by the next homestand. I don't think they're going to rush him back over this, this road trip. Um, I think seeing him when we get back to Minute Maid next week will be more likely. Yeah, I mean, it would be nice to see Pena going against, you know, this tough, you know, not well, I could say tough road, road stretch we're about to approach. But, um, yeah, I think the health is the biggest thing for us, you know, even though we got a kid in Sugarland that's killing the ball right now. But, you know, I think the smarter approach that I believe Click's been doing, you know, with, Jake Odorizzi and Lance McCullers as well. Um, yeah, but it was sad because we didn't know what, you know, how serious the injury was. And then there was a picture that had surfaced around, you know, Astros Twitter. I know Michael Schwab had, you know, mentioned about it as well. And some, at the Galleria. Um, yeah, some kid had um, taken a picture with him at the Galleria and he was wearing a thumb brace. And, you know, when you see a thumb brace, you know, your automatic instinct is like, oh, that's not good. Right. You know, it could be a broken thumb. It could be a strained thumb. I don't know. But um, yeah, with the thumb brace on, it doesn't sound too good. But hopefully we could get into that next homestand and, you know, start off another win series and take it off before we go to the All-Star game. Yeah, the good thing was I think that picture was on, on Thursday or Friday, but he was not wearing a brace or anything on Saturday. So I hope that's a good sign. Um, also, Alvarez, Jordan Alvarez left Friday night's game with a hand injury. He is listed as day-to-day, but in last night's broadcast and, and pregame, uh, Dusty stated that the MRI was negative and that they're hoping that he can be back in the lineup as soon as, as, soon as Tuesday. They're worried about a more extreme injury, but um, looks like everything's okay. He's just got some inflammation, he said, uh, in his hand. So hopefully we'll be able to swing a bat Tuesday, batting practice, kind of see how he's feeling and have that big bat in the lineup for, for the Astros. Yeah, it'd be curious to see how it wouldn't, you know, be him like having him in that lineup. I think it'd be devastating for the Astros lineup. Um, you obviously see the numbers, but we've all seen the numbers of Jordan Alvarez hitting in that four hole. And, you know, with the month of June that he's having right now, it would suck for him yeah. to not be able to continue on. And he could, you know, win player of the month and 
make a bigger campaign for his approach for that American All-Star game. Um, so it's it's a good thing. It's a good thing that nothing serious or nothing, anything like that with the hand, because if it was, it would have been a six to eight week injury. Yeah. Sidelined. And yeah, we wouldn't like to see that. Yeah. And then the, the kind of up in the air that we're not sure about yet, as far as long term goes, would be Elemis Diaz. Uh, he actually injured his 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 left shoulder on a diving play in the last game against the Rangers, um, but he left Friday night's game as well. He's listed as day to day with left shoulder discomfort, our favorite word. Uh, as of as of yesterday, the Astros were waiting to decide if he needed an MRI, get a, you know, getting a look from the doctors. Um, so hopefully today we'll get a little bit more clarity on Diaz's injury. Um, the upside of that is we do have utility guys that can you know step into these roles. We uh, have Mauricio Dubon on, on the roster, who we mentioned had a solid game last night, uh, filling in for Pena at shortstop. Uh, JJ Marievic made his debut, not his debut, made his got his first major league hit last night. So I mean, we have guys that can step up into these roles. It's just going to be interesting, you know. Hopefully, these are not gaps that have to be filled for very long. So we can get our, our starters back in there where they're supposed to be. Shoot. Plus, you got Emmanuel Valdez and Sugarland that could come up yeah. and help us as well with that hot bat of his. And that, I mean, I, that's one of those things where why not? You know, if, if Diaz mm-hmm. is, if Diaz is um, sidelined for longer than expected, if he gets, you know, a couple of weeks, you know, 10 day IL, even, even 10 day, um, why not call the kid up? Let him take a few swings at the big league level. The way he's hitting the ball right now in Triple A is ridiculous. Um, he had another he had another home, at least one more home run over the weekend. He might have had two. Uh, so, yeah, let the kid hit, bring him up. And he's yeah, utility. He, he can play wherever. Yeah, I'd agree with that, and I would like to see him playing the big leagues after him. You know, getting called up from Corpus Christi to Sugarland. I mean, this guy's been killing the ball and murdering it, and uh, whatever words you want to emphasize on this guy's hitting ability terrorizing you know he's been i mean he's shown that he could hit obviously and like you said why not give him a chance but mauricio dubon too has been a um primary shortstop so i mean we'll we'll see what they do i think dubon would be a good fill-in but i wouldn't be opposed to having emmanuel valdez get a call up and you know show his talent yeah well and you know obviously like with the way that the schedule is right now they're not going to call him up against the yankees or the Mets, I wouldn't expect. Um, but I mean, he can also he could play outfield. He could play third base if Bregman needs a day off. Um, so it's just options. But but we'll we'll have to see. I'm not James Click. I, I wish I was. But wait, <laughs> pause. Anyway, so this is an interesting stat. I wanted to read to you uh, the Astros' record on June 19th, the last five seasons, not including the COVID year. All right, so in 2017, 47 and 24, 662. 2018, 49 and 26, good for 653. 2019, 48 and 27, 640. 2021, 42 and 28, 600 record. 2022, 41 and 25, 621. So the first thing, first takeaway is oh my God, we forget how spoiled we are sometimes. That for five years we've been 600 plus on June 19th, um, but also looking at this, we're you know 
seven, eight games behind where we've been in the past three, past five years on average. You have a crew out there, you know, obviously you have these warring factions on Twitter that are some people say like, oh, there's no need to worry. Look at our record. Look at the standings. We're fine. You have this other group that says the standings and the records don't matter. Look at the production. Does this tell us anything meaningful about this team, do you think? I honestly think it shows us that we're still good. Like you said, we're spoiled. Yeah. Um, 2017, with that record, they went on to win the World Series. 2018, that's the thing that's curious as hell. And I, I still stand my you know, approach with this. I think the Red Sox had to have some type of you know mysterious way that they won that World Series because well, Altuve got that, robbed. But... Yeah, that too. You know, thanks Joe West for that call. Um, Alex Braven too as well. Um, but yeah, 2018 they lost to the Red Sox in the ALCS. 2019 World Series again. 2021 World Series again. Um, that doesn't mean we're gonna make it to the World Series. I'm not saying you know. I'm not putting my approach to that. And but, it doesn't mean we're not. I, th- yeah, I think exactly. to, to me, that was when I saw this tweet going around, there was a lot of people saying like, oh, I told you this team's not as good. Hey, exactly. the schedule, the game, the, se- the season started two weeks later. We, we've played 10 games less at this point than the rest of these seasons. So like. Whatever. Exactly. I, I mean, I'm, we not, only I'm had, not losing sleep. Yeah. We only played 66 games of that record of June 19 and the other ones are 70 plus. Yeah. So, it, I mean, it, like you said, we're spoiled as you know us fans cheering on this team but you know reading the stats in you know, 2017 2018 2019 2021 we're obviously a postseason team however yeah when it comes to that postseason we got to show out we can't you know with right now Bregman struggling uh Yuli Gurriel struggling as well you know hopefully Alvarez continues to have that hitting up surge like he did in 2019 of that a not 2019 2021 the ALCS it's just going to depend, you know, when we get there at that time. So, yeah, I mean, we're spoiled, like you said. And, um, you know, hopefully we got more, many more years to come with this. Yeah. I, I don't know. Just to me, it's not anything to, to sweat about. Um, yeah. Something good, though, some good news, though, is McCullers on Friday. He threw, he threw uh, batting practice off the mound Friday. His fastball is up to 91 which is great. Last week, last week it was at 87, I believe. Uh, and he's starting to, he's starting to throw curveballs off of a flat ground, according to Chandler Rome. So that's good. Definitely getting him close to being back. I still, I don't think we see him until after the all-star break, but um, uh, nice to see. And then Jake Odorizzi, according to Brian McTaggart uh, of MLB, he's been ramping up his intensity and he could see a rehab assignment uh, pretty soon here. I hope we do. I, I would love to have, Odo back before the all-star break that month. I mean, that month of July we've talked about is not very strong. We have Mm -hmm. a lot of divisional games against sub 500 teams. Again, uh, we do have those two games against the Yankees and that double header thrown in there, but that's not until after the all-star break. And that could be actually now I'm thinking about one of those games would be, could be prime for McCullers return. Um, But we'll see, but having Odo back the late, end of this month, first part of July would, would be pretty sweet. Yeah, it'll help our starting rotation as well. And it's either going to be seeing Christian Javier or Jose or Kitty back in that bullpen. Yeah. But probably mo- most likely it'll probably be Christian Javier because he's one of the best, you know, long relievers in that bullpen. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it'd be a positive sign to see Odo back before the uh, 
the all-star break and we get to see two because trade deadlines into that last ending month of July. And we get to see what moves we need to make prior after yeah. the, uh, the deadline. Absolutely. Kind of scouting that out a little bit. Um, in other words, as far as rehab goes, Jake Myers hit his first bomb of his rehab assignment in Sugarland. Technically his rehab assignment ends, I believe on the, on the 23rd or the 24th. And at that point, the Astros have to decide either to put him on the 40 or option him to triple a as of right now, I would imagine that they're going to option him to AAA. He's hitting 229. Uh, he's only slugging 343. So I, I think that him staying down at AAA and just take, getting some more swings in, getting some more reps in, it's not going to hurt him. Um, I do think that if he can't start swinging the bat a little bit better, that we may be more concerned than we have been. Because I think like a lot of people, myself including, have saying, okay, you know, the McCormick Siri experiment, it's just until Myers gets back. It's just until Myers gets back. But we have to be prepared for the reality that, that Myers may not be the savior there, you know? Yeah. Yeah, like you said, he hasn't been hitting well either for his, his first 10 games of his rehab assignments, 229, 317, 343. I mean, and he might need more labrum, time. A torn labrum is a hard injury to come back for him to come back from and it's hard to come back and hit with power exactly coming back from a labor injury so you know maybe some more time i don't know but we'll we'll, we'll keep an eye on that one we'll, we'll keep you guys updated uh but i would not expect to see jake james click was talking the other day and he was acting like myers is he's 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 expecting myers to be reactivated but I don't really see that happening. I don't think they're going to reactivate him on the road to face the Yankees and the Mets. I, I would imagine that they're going to wait to activate him until the Astros come back for that for that homestand. Yeah, I think that'd be the safest thing to do, too. I mean, we wouldn't play plus over 500 teams while we'd be yeah. playing under 500 teams. So why not give him the benefit of the doubt to wait until we – face them guys instead of you know these new york mets and the new york yankees yeah. um, like like we mentioned earlier jj matajevic matajevic got his first big league hit his first big league home run all in one and it did it really did carry out throughout the broadcast if you did not watch the game and you didn't follow it on twitter so the ball gets caught in the crawford boxes by by this kid and if you don't know this process, it's, it's pretty common that for milestone home runs, the player wants that ball back, obviously, whether it's their first, their 100th home run, their 3,000th hit that gets oh, – whatever. Um, somehow fan gets that, whatever. These milestone home runs often end up in the hands of fans who then uh, basically trade it in with the organization in exchange for, you know, signed balls, signed bats, um, a signed glove, whatever it may be. Uh, so immediately when this happened, the broadcast started saying like, okay, you know, what is he going to trade for? Like he has an opportunity here. Uh, you know, JJ, JJ is not like a big time prospect. He, he's solid. Uh, it's not a one, it's not Altuve's 300th home run. So what were you expecting the hall for this home run ball to be? I mean, in, I in agree. If you, if you saw JJ's interview about it, he was like, I would have taken a signed bat. Yeah. Um, I would have my first thing was, I, you know, I was you would have like banked that, yeah, you would have thought that or signed, you know, a bat and a ball, but God, I mean, this guy got a steal. I mean, I mean, 
this 16 year old, you know, we're, we're going to, you know, it's Ryan Freeman. He's from Corpus too. You know that, right? Like he, oh, he came he from Corpus. From London. I thought I saw a Corpus. He was wearing a London baseball t-shirt. Interesting. Anyway, that's not even the point. I mean, he <laughs> makes this insane negotiation. You know, this is probably the best negotiation ever. You know, it's even better than the Dodgers with the Astros giving up um, Josh Fields for Jordan Alvarez. But, um, you know, six tickets to an Astros game, six batting practice, um, you know, access to see it, you know, batting practice live on yeah. the field. Um, like you said, a Jose Altuve signed baseball and then gets a signed Justin Verlander jersey. I don't know, you know, any of y'all out there listening out there. Justin Verlander's autograph is so freaking hard to get. It is rare to you for you to get a Justin Verlander autograph. For me, I have a 29-man roster from the 2017 World Series team. The only guy I need to complete my set is Justin Verlander. <laughs> and this kid gets it off of a freaking home run. Like, this guy got a steal out of it. But me, I mean, what, what would you, like, negotiate a first, you know, guy's major league home run? What would you try to get from that home? So, well, I was explaining how this process works to my wife, and she asked me, you know, like, what would you want? And my first thought was, and it's funny because the broadcast team said it, and then JJ said it too, my thought was a bat. Like, I want a yeah. bat. But I think, to me, I always figured, like, you know, if I catch JJ Matajewicz's ball – I'm going to get his bat signed by him. You know, I wouldn't, I don't think I would have thought to think about like, I want a Verlander Jersey or I want an Altuve ball. And then those are certainly, I'll take it, but I think Even I would the have batting practice, dude. Even the batting yeah. practice tickets. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah, that's freaking sweet. But I think like, as far as uh memorabilia goes, I want a bat. I want a bat. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. And like some people were like, Oh, this kid's a scumbag. You know, like he's extorting the Astro. Like, no, that's just how it works. If the Astros wanted that ball, I'm pretty sure they could just say, like, this baseball is property of the Houston Astros. Give, you know? Yeah. Um, so. And how can know, people hate cool. How can people hate Jose Altuve? This guy gave up a, you know, a signed baseball for yeah. this guy's first home run. And then Justin Verlander as well, giving up a jersey Which, signed and, by him. And the Verlander thing is cool because – Originally, a Verlander jersey was not a part of the deal. When they originally reported it, it was the six tickets with the with the um, batting practice access and the Altuve ball. And so then, stupid Buster only uh, goes to interview this kid, and he says, "The kid says he's like the first, He said I wanted a Justin Verlander, a signed Verlander jersey, but it, what they couldn't get it for me. They said no deal. So you know, I'm very happy with what I got. Whatever, whatever." Well, then Twitter lit up and they were like, give Justin this, Justin, give this kid his jersey. Justin, give this kid a jersey. And uh, the then they came man. back later on. And it happened live. I'm guessing, I'm guessing the Altuve ball, I'm sure they have like a storage of them, you know. Um, mm. But Verlander must have gone into the clubhouse because he signed the jersey. He said, nice catch. Uh, and then signed it and gave it to him. So that's that's pretty freaking sweet. And that was cool of Verlander too. Yeah, I mean, like I'm telling you guys, this guy is so hard to get. He he doesn't. I go to like the you know the memorabilia shows that have like the TriStar, the GTSM, and all that stuff. This guy does not sign at none of them events. 
I was maybe lucky to get him at a at a New York Yankees game when the Astros had gone there in 2019. I was in New York. We went to the Yankees and Astros game. As soon as I went down the stairs, he was signing autographs. I had my World Series ball ready and everything. Soon as I get there, he leaves, and I'm like, mother effer. And I'm like, shit, that's the only guy I need for my collection. But, I mean, I ended up getting a Garrett Cole All-Star, uh, 2018 All-Star game ball that I had there you, go. you know, saved up. So, me, I would have tried to get season tickets. If that was the case for this, I would have tried to get season tickets, at least for I one season. Think, I don't think <laughs> Dude, JJ might have Okay, but how is that for a JV jersey? I've just explained to myself that jersey could be yeah. up to like over a thousand dollars, and especially if it was, um, you know, one of the clubhouse jerseys that he wears on the field, which My it looked God, like it thing, was. It yeah, like I mean, it was. dude, if that's the case, that jersey's worth more than one thousand. <laughs> so I mean, this guy got a, I mean, a great haul for him. But um, yeah, great story of the night right there. Yeah, and then so we'll we'll wrap up Astros roundup with a little minor league news down in Double A Corpus. Luke Berryhill is on a fifty-game hitting streak. It is the longest active streak in major or minor league baseball this season, uh, and it's tied for the longest minor league hitting streak since nineteen sixty-two. Uh, Francisco Mejia of the Rays, back when he was a prospect with the Indians, he had a fifty-game streak in two thousand sixteen. Uh, and that that it, it ended there. Um, that's a pretty. I mean, fifty games is insane. The longest minor league hitting streak is from Joe Wilhoit, who hit, had a sixty-nine game minor league hitting streak in nineteen nineteen. But nice. interesting, interesting. Yeah, <laughs> interestingly <laughs> enough, the the second longest minor league hit streak is none other than Joe DiMaggio, uh, sixty-one games in the Pacific Coast League in nineteen thirty-three. And DiMaggio also holds the longest Major League Baseball hit streak at 56, which he did with the Yankees in 1944. Yeah, I mean, that's impressive, though, too, to have a 50-game hitting streak. I know It don't even oh, yeah. matter if it's that's high school, crazy. college, uh, minor league ball. I mean, that is absurd to get 50 straight games with Nuts. at least one hit because all these guys are going try- trying to get to the MLB level. So, I mean, you're still seeing good pitching and everything like that as well. Yeah, and Barry Hills, he's hitting 281 on the season with eight home runs, 41 RBIs. Definitely nothing to sneeze at. Yeah, could be a good trade piece at the deadline, but we, be. Like, we won't know. We won't know. But, yeah. All right, so to wrap up our, our Astros roundup, last thing is keep voting for the All-Stros All-Star game. Uh, when when are we supposed to get our first vote update? I, I you know, I a, was in a week or two. I was really trying to figure that out myself. I think I would say two weeks. I would say two. Weeks. I'm about to research that right now. I looked earlier and I did not see anything. Uh, I didn't I did not get an immediate answer on that. Um, but I would say my guess is like around July 1st we should get our first update, and they start doing them, you know, closer and closer together as we get closer to the game. June um, 27. That's what it says. Oh, for the first, okay. or so no, 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 week... that might be twenty. No, that was twenty twenty one. That was last year's. Sure, oh, that is. I help. think it it it, it <laughs> it'd probably be the end of June. It'll probably be yeah. at the end of. Yeah. So uh, let's go ahead and move into around the league. Like it's a bit of a busy weekend, and uh, on Friday, I mean Sunday, the rookies were getting it done around the league. Yeah, I mean, shoot, it 
from Pittsburgh to Arizona, even at New York, but and on the other Houston. side of the team, and of course in H Town. I mean, it was a great day for all the rookies. I mean, four rookies hitting bombs. I mean, do you want to go ahead and talk about the Pirates guy? Yeah. Uh, Jack Sawinski became becoming the first rookie to have a three home run game, including a walk off, dude. A walk off. I mean, it is rare to hit three home runs too in a game. You really don't even see that out there that much now in the MLB. Oh, yeah. No. And to be a rookie, dude at home, pretty impressive. Yeah. And then, of course, the D backs, um, there's a rookie, Buddy Kendi. He had a 3 0 count, dude. How many rookies would you have known to swing at a 3 0 count? Yeah. And that hits a grand slam for his first major league home run on Father's Day. I mean, that's a With special his dad, moment. His dad's there in the stands and everything. The funny thing about it, they showed the interview after the game, and the dad got the uh, ice bath instead of the player. It was so <laughs> funny. But, uh, but yeah, to do it on Father's Day, it's even incredible. And then Gerard and Carnacion. For those we had searched, it is not Edwin Encarnacion's son. Me and Will had thought about it at first, but it's not. But it's his first His first hit is a grand slam, another grand slam on Father's Day from another rookie against the New York Mets. So, I mean, there were things you'd love to see from these rookies. And, of course, we talked about it already with J.J. Marievich's first big league hit was a big league home run. So, I mean, it was a hell of a sunday for these rookies yeah it was and i feel like every year on father's day there's always a bunch of like a bunch of cool you know cool well, you, moments I, cool stories yeah i had thought about that too even on mother's day too i remember yeah you know the one that i can think of in my head right now is the uh pitcher i can't think of his name but he had pitched for oakland he threw a perfect game or um a no hitter won them you know it was it was no hits basically but on mother's yeah. day as well it's huh. always something on them special days dude and you'd love to see that. Oh, absolutely. You do love to see that. And also, one last thing on JJ's home run. Uh, this was per Chandler Rome. I saw him tweet this earlier that JJ became the first Astro to hit his first home run as his first major league hit since any guesses? Um, give me Jeff Bagwell. How about the future American League player of the month for the month of June? Jordan Alvarez? Yeah. Wow. Jordan in 2019, his first major league hit was a home run as well. Oh, uh, yeah, it was against the Orioles. Yeah. Wow. I should have known that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that's pretty elite company. I don't know if JJ is gonna slug like that, but I would sure enjoy it if he did. Oh, uh, yeah. But I mean, it was a big day for them rookies, man, on, on Father's Day as well. Happy Father's Day to them. Yep. And meanwhile, out west, Mike Trout. He's back, man, and he's out. He's out for blood. Five home runs in five games against Seattle. Uh, they had a five-game series up there. The Angels took four of five, and in all four of those wins, Mike Trout hit a game-winning home run. In game-winning home run. In four games, Mike Trout hit four game-winning home runs. He's the first. <laughs> he's the first batter to hit four game-winning home runs in the same series. Uh, that's by stats by stats. Um, that's remarkable. That's, he a, is that's a nice source. That's by yeah. stats. Hey, that's what the article said. Uh, Mike <laughs> Trout's in second place. He's hit 21 on the year right there behind Aaron Judge at 25. And this is just an interesting, interesting little nugget here. Uh, Mike Trout has hit a lot of bombs in Seattle. 
in his career, he has 33 home runs at T-Mobile Park, uh, which is more than anybody has at that park single-handedly. And it's tied for the most of any active player in a ballpark that's not their own. Okay. So any active player in a ballpark that's not their own, tied at 33. Do you have any guesses on who he's tied with and where? Like, what do you mean by where? By where they hit the ball or what team they played for? No, where Uh, they hit the ball. Is it an active player? It's an active player. Hmm. Albert Pujols at – I'm going to go with Chicago. Albert Pujols at Minute Maid Park. (laughs) Oh, I was close. Yeah, you were. I thought you had it. Oh, my God. I I should. I don't know. I thought about Chicago because, of course, (laughs) the Cardinals and the Cubs have their feud, and, you know, they're always the ones in the National League Central. Mother effer. I did not think about the Minute Maid Park. Of course, we had – but it's so crazy. I was I almost had we couldn't get away with, we could not get away with from him for a long time. Uh but yeah, yeah he's so he's tied with Trout. Who else and Trout have the most home runs of active players uh in a single stadium that's not their own? That's pretty crazy. Um and then then finally the Yankees. God, I'm sick of talking about them. I'm sick of them being good. I'm ready to play them and hopefully beat them. Um but the Blue Jays came back from down five to beat them today, ten to nine. So maybe they'll be a little demoralized. Maybe they'll be, maybe they'll be a little bummed out by the time the Astros come to town. Yeah, they could have swept them actually at Toronto, but they gave up yeah. that huge um, lead. And yeah, hopefully they got swamped by Toronto trying to win that series. And yeah, and that was a know, game hopefully... with like eight combined home runs. So you tell me the ball's not juiced. Oh, definitely, but dude. The Yankees have probably been playing with juice balls all season. So, Oh, definitely. I mean, that's what we were talking about earlier. I mean, Aaron Judge has 25, 20-something home runs, and the next one is Mike Trout now with 20. You know, it, it's crazy. And, and, he hit, and, and he hit five of those this weekend. Yeah. I mean, juice balls are back, baby. It, it's summertime. You know, let the guns out, everything like that. But, um, you know, since we were talking about Pujols earlier, too, did you see that? He got a standing ovation and a um, he got the number five from Fenway Park oh, presented wow. by David Ortiz on Saturday night. I did not see that. That's cool. Yeah. So, um, you know, we all I don't know if everybody's had heard that Manny Machado had told everybody, like, come on, why we're not doing a kind of like a farewell know, giving tour. him a yeah farewell, farewell tour for him. You know, of course, Yadier Molina, too, should be in it. Uh, Adam Wainwright, but of course, everybody knows Albert Pujols and how he m- meant so much to the game, to the Dominicans at a uh, Dominican Republic as well. And um, to have David Ortiz give him a number five from Fenway Park. And the funny thing is, he doesn't play at Fenway a lot. He went from the NL Central with the Cardinals, yeah. goes to um, the AOS with the Angels, and then now what he was with uh, the Dodgers, and Briefly. I think number the yeah, and only them three teams. And Boston's the first you know team to do something. It's like why we're we not doing this for Pujols? Does it have to be a Yankee that they do this? The last person they did a farewell tour was for Derek Jeter. I mean, come on now. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah, I just wanted I mean, to talk about that. He's a he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. You know, oh, he, damn near you, he should be damn near unanimous. Uh, I was just looking. He's. 
He's 17 home runs away from 700. I don't think he's going to get there, but it would. I would love if he got maybe the juice balls. Maybe he can get some juice balls up out of Bush Stadium. At the very least, it would be cool if he could pass A-Rod. A-Rod's got 696, so he's only 13 away from A-Rod. Um, but, yeah, what an incredible career. It's good. It's great seeing him get his his flowers. And, you know, it shows a lot of growth as Astros fans that we can be happy for him, you know, and celebrate him. A lot yeah. of a lot of fan bases would not be as mature as we are. But, um, but yeah, so that is Around the League. Just a sneak preview. Coming up on Thursday, we have an interview with Mike Acosta. You will not want to miss it. Uh, we're actually probably going to break it into two parts, so you'll get part one on Thursday at the conclusion of the series versus the Mets, and then we'll drop part two after the first series against the Yankees next weekend. So you'll definitely want to stay tuned for those awesome interview hearing from him talking about uh his experiences back in the astrodome growing up going to games the dome uh working at the dome and now the work that he does to preserve the dome and you know make it a part of houston's future moving forward um so definitely something you do not want to miss yeah i mean it was a great interview with mike and uh learning about the astrodome and his love for the game and also too he had built you know, him and another, you know, Astro, you know, executive had built the Astros Hall of Fame. So, I mean, yes. it's going to be a great, it was a great interview with this guy. Learned a lot from him. Um, he also does Astros Conservancy on Twitter. So, you know, go give him a follow on that. And I mean, it just brings Astro fans together from back then yeah. till now. And I believe, you know, I would say for our generation, and um, for the future, they would love to see the Astrodome have his, um, you know, be able to stay in place and not break it down into parking like some people in the city would like. Yeah, but we'll uh, <laughs> we'll break that down a little bit more on, on Thursday's episode. But thank you guys for hanging out with us today. It's an off day today. Go to bed early because we have nine straight games against the two best teams in baseball coming up. And I hope One the Astros thing. are going to kick some ass. I hope so too. One more thing too. Shout out to Reed Man Thirty Two. Reed Landry. Yes, yes. Congratulations, uh, winning the little orbit. I mean that thing is so cute, dude. It is so small. It's so cute. Uh, it'll, it'll go perfect anywhere. It'll go on your desk, at your, you know, at work, your home office. You can even put it as one of the, um, you know, the Hulu ladies for your car. I mean, it's so yeah. small. You could put it anywhere. But um, congratulations, man. You know, we we love the support that you give us and even, you know, our fans out there as well listening to the pod. Oh, yeah. Always, always supportive. Of, always thankful for you guys and y'all support. Uh, we will see you on Thursday. See you guys.